0: Welcome back guys Uh, coming off of the new year uh, episode 101 and we're going to start right in this this one is a question off of uh, Facebook and it's an interesting one for a few reasons Um, I responded back to him Uh, I actually got caught up with Facebook um, messages so if you you didn't hear back from me and if you sent me a message and I didn't respond back send it again Uh, because I feel like I got through all of them it took me three days um and I apologize for it uh, obviously falling behind on it but I'm still playing catch up on some email stuff and some Instagram stuff so but Facebook is I think caught up um, as far as dog bone. so I've had I've gotten a I don't use my personal Facebook page much so don't send a message to my personal page I, I I don't use it very often. So, um, send it to the dog bone one. That's the best way. So I have had some that I don't even know they they don't even show up. And then all of a sudden I find somehow that there's a message request or something. So I'm not quite sure on it, but just don't send them there. Send them to send them to the dog bone page. But this one came, uh, in December, I was behind on getting In response to him i I, so the first message came like the 9th of december i didn't respond back until the 28th so three weeks later um but that's about how far i was falling behind then he responded back right away um i I finally caught back up on some of that so this is a thread this is going to go a little ways but i think it's an interesting uh, message probably a a real relatable message for for a lot of people it came from Northern Ireland. Is where the message actually came from. The guy's name is Malcolm. I'm not sure if Malcolm listens to podcasts or not. I'll probably send him a message um, after and say we we went into the question a little bit more because I do think that sometimes I can give give a little bit better answer, more in depth answer when I go podcast versus text, um, just because the time and the way I put the way I. Um, Share information, and the way I my thought process goes is probably a little bit more effective um, talking than typing. But anyway, here's a message from Northern Ireland. It says, "Hi, I'm here from Northern Ireland, and I came across your channel on YouTube. So um, this is a, another perfect example of why we're putting the effort and time that we're putting into YouTube." Uh, and going to continue to because we're going to try to try to we just had a strategic planning meeting this week and YouTube was its own bullet point. Um, And so it's been a a topic that we're discussing in, in a lot of depth for a lot of reasons. But anyways, this is an example of why. So found us on YouTube. I was really interested in the hold conditioning. I have an English Springer Spaniel who is just coming to be five months old. The dog is teething and loves to chew dummies. Balls, etc., and is reluctant to give back the retrieve. Therefore, I've been avoiding retrieving lately. Can this technique be used on a dog this age? This is my first gun dog, and any advice would be much appreciated. So I messaged him back and I said, "Thanks for the message. Um, I personally think it's a little too young." And, and so I'm going to paraphrase my. Aunt. I typed this out to him, but I, I, my, this, I'm I'm going to I'm not going to read my 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 message to him. I'm going to talk talk you through it. I, I touched on the idea that I said, I think at five months, that's a little too young. Now I say that and I caution you, don't disregard the idea of hold conditioning because Jeremy said it's too young when it's that age or younger. It's not that I'm saying it's too young for formal hold conditioning, which Malcolm is referring to the video that we did and the videos that we did on YouTube are dogs that are a little bit older. I've done some with dogs as old as over a year. Bella was over a year. Um, I've done young, I've done some as young as probably eight or nine months, um, and in, in documented it and shared it on our YouTube channel or social media platforms in the meantime. Um, probably with dogs that young, it's dictated on a lot of things. The, now we're talking the formal process of hold conditioning, which is putting them up on a table starting out with an object that may or may not be something, this may or may not be something that they're really going to like. So I like to use a wooden dowel for that purpose. The wooden dowel really doesn't serve a lot of purpose other than it's an object that the dog is going to have to hold. And if he doesn't like it, if he doesn't like the process, I'm not associating something negative with the object. So if he's, if he doesn't like wooden dowels, I don't care. I don't want him not liking dummies. I don't want him not liking birds. I don't want him not liking antlers. So the idea is simply that but that's formal like that's a process That's a starting point, a bunch of stuff in the middle and then we get to the ending point and the ending point is not until the dog is actually delivering reliably to how we want. so that's it's not like it's a fixed point in time it's it's a, it's a behavior a result as a as a result of the process. So with I've done it as young as like, like I said, eight, nine months, but it's usually because there's such a r- terrible issue with the retrieve that we can't avoid it anymore. We have to address it. Now I say that, but then I say at five months, you can and should start working on forming and shaping desirable delivery. I think it should be like kept in the front forefront of our mind from day one, when we bring the puppies home and they make their first retrieve, whether it's intentional or not. When I say that, I mean, I reference back to like a dog that we trained Bella recently. She carried so much stuff around. She had such a natural delivery or natural carry and want to retrieve that she was always carrying stuff. Now we've got Callie in and Callie is older, but Callie does not have the habits that Bella has. I did not, I've never had a dog that has the habits that Bella has when it comes to wanting to pick stuff up and have it in her mouth. We, we utilized that, I think, well to our advantage early on when it came to retriever, with the, re- the shaping of the retrieve. It could be, It could have been the opposite if we didn't handle it properly. If we had corrected her harshly and got on her with a lot of pressure because she wanted to pick stuff up as a young puppy we may have created a monster that we, could, that we then had to figure out how can we get her comfortable enough to want to pick stuff up and retrieve it for us. So avoid that problem in the first place. So what did we do? We turned opportunities when she would pick up stuff, slippers, shoes, the kids' toys, whatever there was, we used those opportunities to become training sessions. And so those were opportunities for retrieves and those are opportunities for us to begin shaping the delivery and so we encouraged the puppy to hold on to it we brought them to us we didn't snatch it away from them and and steal it instead we took it and we shared it back with them i'd take it give it back take it give it back and get into this idea of it's not a bad thing to bring dad something he'll, he'll, he really gets excited. He likes it, but he'll also not just steal it away from me. So there's no like hesitation to bring, bring me something. That is something that should start very early on. So when I say, I think it's a little young and the puppy is probably immature. I follow it up with anything formal as far as hold conditioning at that age, the behavioral shaping should start. So I said, um, But what I, I, and and then I mentioned to him, I said, but what I really think is the best way to start this, make this process get started and go a lot smoother. Because when you do a good job of that early on, it makes formal hold conditioning a whole lot easier. Because I think, and almost, sometimes it almost makes it not necessary. Um, I've had some dogs that, we, I, I credit it, it's a combination of both the dog and then how we prepped them for it. But I've had some dogs that need very, very minimal, formal hold conditioning. The process is simply to sh- really sharpen up or polish something maybe and we go through it, but it goes quickly and it's pretty easy and it's not a lot, there's not a lot that goes into it. I've had some that are so, it is such an important part of like, 180 changing complete direction of the sloppy terrible habits and there's lots of them that could be formed when it comes to the retrieve that it becomes painstaking and it becomes uh, long it takes weeks maybe months it's just not a real enjoyable thing and I think a lot of that has to do with how you prepare for it. So I encouraged him the idea of you know keeping it in mind in the very beginning makes it go a lot smoother and easier. Um, Now the next part is is he had talked about the puppy is teething so I bring up the idea I said with that being said I avoid all retrieves while the puppy's teething only because I think it helps to avoid habits like chewing. I do think dogs chew And I think they, when they're young, especially, and I think it's for lots of reasons, it's somewhat of a stress thing. I think it's um, discomfort. Their their mouths hurt. I think it's a relief. It's a release for them. I think it's very much like people that chew their nails. Not everybody chews their nails, but definitely there is a group of people that do. I do it at times and I recognize it. And it's usually... a little, I'm a little uncomfortable, uh, some, I, for whatever. but now what happens is, is I think I chew on them even when it's not super uncomfortable. It drives Steph crazy. She hates it, but I'll chew, I'll chew my nails occasionally. I've gotten a lot better at it, and so I've gotten a lot better at not doing it regularly, I should say. I still do it. The problem is, is I don't do it regularly, so my nails get long, and then I chew them instead of clipping them. Now, I, that's a bad habit. That habit was formed because when I was little, I chewed on them all the time. I chewed on them so much that they they would be sore and hurt. I had to be careful because I chew them too short. That carries over forever to some degree. To what degree depends on a lot of variables. The reason I bring it up is because I think dogs are the same way. I don't, I have dogs that are adults, you know, Taylor, Ellie, Spry. I have absolutely, I shouldn't say a hundred percent, but I have about 99, percent or greater confidence in the fact that I could put them in a room with just about anything. They're not chewing stuff up. Now, every once in a while, one of these dogs will throw a curveball at me and chew something up and I don't understand why. And so it's a very, very, I can do, I can name it on, on one hand or less, the total number of things that those dogs have chewed up in their lifetime. So it's not very much. And they're, you know, seven, five, and Four years old or three or something, seven, five, and three, I think. So it doesn't happen often, but it's because I firmly believe, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think sometimes there are genetic things involved with it. I think some dogs uh, may have a genetic tendency to chew more than the next. These dogs are from different, I have had dogs from all sorts of different genetic backgrounds, and I can say the great majority of them, I can shape or if I do a good job shaping them early on they don't chew. They're not chewers. Where I know people that have dogs that they're all chewers. Every dog they've ever had is a chewer and it chews shit up constantly. And the bottom the the common denominator with all of that is it's encouraged using rawhide treats. It's encouraged using different types of bones. It's encouraged using different types of toys and squeakers and all these different things that the dog is given early on. I talk so much about cultural impact. This is a cultural impact thing. So if we encourage and allow the chewing to happen, I do think it's something that sticks with these dogs. And it is something that I think creates issues when it comes to retrieve. And I do think it becomes issues when it comes in the big grand scheme of things from a behavior standpoint, I think it's a hundred percent avoidable. And I think we need to make an effort to do it. So I talk about the idea of I do not allow these guys to choose things when they're puppies. And, and, and so Malcolm's got this dog, that's teething and chewing. And, and so I think we need my recommendation is you got 180 that right away, nip it in the bud. You got to stop it. So I said, um, I then said before and after the pup is teething though, I do encourage the puppy to hold from the start and share with them. I want, I don't like over retrieving young dogs. I think it's Meaningless. I think it's counterproductive in a lot of ways. I do not think well-bred dogs need to be fired up to retrieve. That's what they're built to do. So I do not, I think it creates all sorts of issues from a control standpoint. And we spin them up, we get them so jacked up, and then we beat them back down later on in life. And I don't think that's the, that's not my approach to doing it. So I use retrieve sparingly. I use it when necessary. I use it as a reward, a high reward. It's a big reward for them. And I do it enough to make sure that we're fostering that idea and getting them to understand. But we use them as very much training tools to shape and form how we want it to look and and feel. And, and the dog understands that from day one. So I do encourage, them, but there's a balance with how much you can do. So before and after teething. Um, I then said hold conditioning. I think, you know, it it requires a pretty good amount of focus and it takes some mental toughness because there are some things that we do with the dog that are a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, They got to get through that. And when they're little, when they're too little and too young, I just think mentally it's just too much for them. Uh, I think it's not fair to ask a teenager to do adult, well, I I shouldn't use that analogy. I don't think it's fair to ask a toddler to make adult-like decisions. A teenager is getting real close to being to the point where I go, they should, uh, you know, a teenager, when you think about the span of a teenager, a teenager is technically, I guess, starts at 13, and it goes till 18, right? 19, 19, 19 years old. So you've got like a six or, you got a seven, eight year window there. That's a lot. There's a big difference between a 12, 13 year old and an 18 and 19 year old. So when you, so I I use, and the only reason I bring this up is, become a little more technical, the broad term teenager, you know, is a puppy, like a puppy could be eight weeks old, a puppy could be two years old, as far as I'm concerned. So there is no set hard and fast rules with this. But when I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily encourage some teenagers, I definitely would, if it's a toddler, it's too young to make adult decisions. Some teenagers may not be ready to make adult decisions. Some teenagers that are 13 may not be able to. Some teenagers that are 19 may not be able to. Some teenagers that are 13 or 14 may be able to. Some that are, you know, so it it just depends. But I think you have to understand that there are certain levels of maturity, mentally and physically, that, that people and dogs have to achieve in order to take on new things in life. And for me, the, the process of hold conditioning, you do have to have some mental toughness. you got to be a little bit more able to focus and understand and comprehend more complex ideas and, and stretch out or, or connect things that are a little bit more distant uh, from a gaps standpoint. So like you got to have a longer chain to be able to do more complicated things. You can do real simple things with a very short chain. Those little puppies, I think were what we're doing with them. And I think they're super smart and capable of learning and sponge-like. But I think what we're doing a lot of times is real simple stuff with real short tools, chains, you know, little bits and pieces of behavioral stuff connected together to, sh- to start blossoming into certain behaviors that are desirable. And then from there we connect that to another one and we connect that to, and then all of a sudden our chain gets a little bit longer. When our chain gets a little bit longer, now you can do some more complex things. And I think hold conditioning is one of those. So he said, thanks for the help uh, in the reply uh, from when I sent this message. Now this was, again, three weeks had passed. He said, from when I sent this message, I've been teaching my dog the hold and dead command. I watched a live video that you had done with a dog of similar age. It was a video where the dogs upstairs were making a lot of noise. I have been doing the process, but not with the wooden dowel. Got lo- got loads of chewing, so I went to the ground on my knees with the dog and a dummy slash tennis ball. I never, f- and never no force to put it in. It was not releasing and chewing that was happening. I can see big improvement in the dog from holding the object pretty well and releasing while tail wagging. You're probably a hundred percent right on the fact that the dog was too young, but to but do I now stop or do I keep going? I'm doing the exercise four times in the morning, four times in the evening. I know you went totally against the grain. I I know that I have went totally against the grain from what you have been encouraging people to do on your videos. Then he he said, hi there, I've been watching your, this is another message followed up by it. um, Says hi there, I've been watching your YouTube series on Bella and since my previous message. As the saying goes here, the penny finally is dropping. And I'm not sure what that means, but, uh, I think that means it came to a time to do it. I don't, I'm not I, sure. I I'm rushing this process along far too quickly in order to get my dog ready for the next season. I watched episodes seven and eight with great interest. It was, it was learned me not to get hung up on retrieves. And I have now started the process, the sharing process, just giving the retrieve back and forth. Nothing formal. I have bought a place board and to start the process. Seeing Bella at such an age just sitting there has been motivation, lol. I like your style of training with showing mistakes both by the handler and the dog. I guess I fell into the trap of watching professional UK handlers on YouTube rocking it, rocking up with springers and Crocker spaniels, throwing retrieves, etc. flawlessly. As I say, any advice would be appreciated. Look forward to your reply. So I, I... I apologize for not getting back to him sooner because it had been another week that went by. Um, And I said, you know, I'm glad that the Bella series is helping for him. I think, I really think that the value in some of our stuff that we put out there, especially when it comes to these series is, Truly, and it's pr- it's probably the risky part of doing those series. As long as we've done, how many Bella's were there? One hundred twenty-six. I think we just filmed the last. We yeah, just are editing the last one. Did it go live yet? No, nope, it go didn't go live, live yet. Already. The last one's going to go live. It was a hundred. It was a total of one hundred twenty-six videos. How many did? Do you remember how many live with Spry was? It's close to that. Maybe long, maybe were. more. It was but more. it's it's maybe more. It's one hundred and forty something maybe. But they're really long series, and so. I have gone back and forth and I understand like marketing and I understand like attention spans and I understand that it's really hard to keep keep attention spans with for a lot of reasons. But I've also recognized we are not that's a different world. Like if we were on TV and we had a 30-minute window with 23 minutes of content and 7 minutes of advertising, we'd have to be really precise on what we put in there. The reason I prefer doing these so there's a 26. 126. So they're almost identical length of video, of series. The playlist, Live with Spry, the playlist, uh be good. But what I've found is the reason we lean heavily on this is it. I think we cover things more thoroughly. I think we're able to be more authentic and genuine, which I think is 100% our goal. I don't want to pretend that dog training is magic and that it's, you know, Some people have it and some people don't. Everybody makes mistakes, results in the end are what matters and how you get there is important, but not necessarily mimicked identically every single time. And so that's why we do the series the way we do them. They're all a little bit different and everyone's dogs are a little bit different and no one should use any of these as a specific roadmap. But I like how he's watching them and his takeaway this is the beauty of it this is what made me feel so good when malcolm said my takeaway from it is not getting hung up on retrieves and now i'm start in taking steps back in his training regardless of the age of the dog he's you know his dog is older than probably bella was when she was doing some of the stuff that he's going to work on age doesn't really matter it's a number and it really doesn't make it's not the driving force. It does play roles into certain things from a physical maturity standpoint and all that. But it's not like, I can train, we're gonna do things with Callie now. She's roughly 15 months old. We're gonna do some things with her that I probably wasn't able to do with Bella until she was older. Because she's just a little further ahead with certain things. We're also going to be doing some things with her. We did things with her today that I did with Bella when Bella was ten weeks old, and Callie wasn't quite good at them because she had never done them before. So we just we just move the dog along the scale. The process is stay similar. It's you. Where do you plug the dog into it? Wherever they need wherever they need it. That's where you plug them into it. So I think that. The beauty of the series that Malcolm is hopefully getting out of this, and now people that are listening to the podcast, I hope you recognize it, is the idea that it takes a long time. There were points in that series where I just stopped doing things that were were not working. We just kept beating our head up against the wall at certain points. Malcolm might have tried to beat his head up against the wall to get through this. And he's recognized and realized Maybe I'm better off just taking a break from it for a while. Just, and I think it's so counterproductive. I just, I've done some articles about this. I've done some, I did a post recently about it on our Instagram. I talked about how recognizing the idea that the best way to speed up is a lot of times to slow down. It sounds so, it sounds so backwards. It sounds so, it can't make sense. Trust me, it does. And I don't know why, but it does. I think clarity, focus, you're you're taking less things on and focusing on the ones that you have, create a a bigger picture, increased both the things that get achieved become more, the quality of it becomes better, and probably the overall timeline shrinks. Trust me you'll go faster by slowing down a lot of times. And so, and, the, and the, you can probably think of some examples. You wanna rush to get something done and you end up messing it up. So what do you gotta do? You gotta redo it. So if you gotta redo it twice to get it right, if you would have took your time and done it once the right way, there's a lot of situations where that one time the right way, though slower, is better than two times or three times the wrong way and redoing it. Sometimes it's worse to fix errors than if you just took your time and did it right the first time. That's, that's applicable in a lot of places, a lot of arenas, I think. So I think the series for him is helping him to slow down and regroup and, and start to, instead of trying to push through the struggles, it's just take a step back and fill in some of these gaps. You got some holes. So uh, I think that him recognizing that was a real valuable part. Um, I think there's there's value in that, but then I think it's also now you have to take it to the next step because just because you recognize it doesn't make changes. I told him in the very end here, I said, now the key is believing in that and executing accordingly. Like you can have all the answers. I can know all the right, th- right moves. I can know all the things I need to do but knowing them and doing them are two different things. So you have to have all of that. And so and you have to be okay with the idea that chances are you're not gonna have all of it and it's not nothing ever works perfectly. like none of my plans ever go to to perfection very rarely, do they. But I can say that you know in the end I, I feel like I, I do a pretty good job of getting stuff done. It's just, Part of it is, is my willingness to be okay with adjusting and being adaptable. And so that's what Malcolm is seeing through this simple hold conditioning process that's taking place over, I mean, we've only been communicating for a little over a month. So then his message back to me was, thanks for your reply. I know you're busy. It was only, it was only until I started watching the series that it clicked. I've stopped the dog from free roaming around in my backyard and I took my chew toys away. And I think the chewing is definitely a habit focusing on the heel work is making things better. I I have learned to be firm, but then turn it around in seconds when, the th- when she is good, all from that series. I wish I had seen it from the start, but hopefully it can overturn her habits and get good retrieve back. Many thanks. So, if you reread, if I re- reread that paragraph, I'm looking at it going, you know, his question started out with a, with a delivery issue. It sounded like, or a retrieve issue. We've talked a little bit about that and realized and recognized, let's start to change the behavior, but let's also start to recognize that there are certain things that are happening with that dog at certain ages from a teething standpoint that we have to be aware of and, and make according, you know, make, make the adjustments accordingly. But then We also have to look at this and I I look at this and I go, he replied back and look what he talked about. He talked about the idea of taking away the freedom of the dog just roaming around in the backyard. He took away chew toys. He's focused on heel work. He's learned to be firm when necessary, turn it off and be soft seconds later when when everything's are good. Those are really like valuable skills and training concepts that have nothing to do with whole conditioning, nothing to do with retrieve that I feel are probably going to allow him to get better retrieve indirectly because connection is going to be better if he gets good heel work. I talk about that all the time. Taking away some of this freedom where the dog is free roaming the house and getting into problems is probably counterproductive towards the retrieve, but it's also creating headaches and issues you've just taken that away from the dog you've set them up for success as opposed to setting up setting them up to fail you took away the chew toys which is have habitual it's habit forming so you've started a habit now you're reversing the habit i got to warn you cha- training bad habits out takes longer than putting good habits in but it is 100% doable so he, then he says at the end i wish i'd have seen this from the start yeah it probably would have been a little bit easier but i'll tell you right now you can fix it because the puppy's only six or seven months old. It's very reversible. It will take a little bit more work, but it's still, they're, dogs are pretty resilient. That's one of the reasons I think I like them. Uh, I can get away with a lot of mistakes. And, and they're, they're way more resilient than we give them credit for. I think people, the, one of the biggest hurdles people have is they, the, lack of, the lack of getting things done because they're afraid they're gonna make a mistake. I think they get, people get paralyzed. I had this conversation with my buddy, Tony Peterson. He's got Sporting Dog Talk, that podcast that we've done several times. And I had, we were talking about stuff last night. And one of the things we talked about was how people get paralyzed. They lock up, he called it vapor lock. I said, they're paralyzed to make mistakes. They won't make more mistakes because they're afraid to, but they also won't get anything done positively. We can't be so afraid of wrecking or breaking them that we don't do anything because that's just crossing your fingers and hoping they train themselves. And I can tell you right now, it's not going to work. We have to get beyond that fear. You could be the worst dog trainer in the world and have zero experience, but the only way you'll get any better is by trial and error, recognizing what works, replicating it, finding what doesn't work, eliminating it and make and and being fluid. And to be fluid means you got to move like you can't be fluid and rigid at the same time, rigid stuff breaks. It's firm, it's stuck, it cracks, it breaks. Fluid stuff is, it's fluid, it's movement. It's hard to corral at times, but it at least there's action. And so I think we have to find the fine line as a trainer of being fluid and being rigid when times call for it and are necessary, but then have the flexibility, to be able to adjust and move and do things when we need to do them. So um, I think that I, I, I picked this because I thought that it was a it, hold conditioning is a really popular one that people, that I get a lot of messages on and, and, and I'm so glad about it. I, I'm, I'm, I, I push it because I believe in it so much for lots of reasons. And I think as an alternative to other methods, force fetch, I think that there's so many folks that I think are in genuinely wanting and interested in doing it, but are afraid to because they are told that there is no other way, or they don't know another way to do it. I think some people, I've, I and I'm not going to name names. I think some people it drives nuts that I talk about this so much because they just they it really bothers them that I and and I'm not I don't want to make it sound like I'm talking negative about other ways of training. I just, I'm not talking about them positively. Like I think if it were up to the dogs, they would choose to not get force fetched. I don't know that anyone can honestly disagree with that. I think that some people in, in force fetch away, if that works for you, force fetch away, if you're good with it, force fetch away, if you're getting the results, I feel bad for your dog. And I'll be—I mean, I, I just do. I think, for me personally, it is not a fit. For me personally, and my dogs, my dogs, it's not a fit. And for what we achieve by doing it alternative ways, I think we're much—we benefit much more in lots of—for in lots of—not just in the retrieve, but I think in the relationship. So there's a there are there are people that are listening to this podcast that will disagree with it. There are people that are listening to this podcast that agree with it. I like you both. I, I, I'm okay with not everybody agreeing with me. In fact, I encourage it in our world today, especially. I am I respect it. I get it. I We're going, we're not here to beat up on, I'm not here to beat up on other methods. I'm here to promote and endorse and try to help folks that are interested in doing it the way we've found works well for what we're doing and who we're doing it with. So uh to me, that's part of why I picked this top why I picked this email or message to utilize as a podcast. The other reason is is because of what we just talked about. there are so many other places that it reaches out and touches on that I think are super valuable that I th- know in my mind, I know in my heart. I know I've talked about it before, but not on this specific in this specific in these specific terms. I think, at times when I read a message like Malcolm's, it's a reminder to me of why we're doing what we're doing. Why the, the why the series go the way they go. Why we're, why I'm so damn jacked about the next one. Why I love the idea of the one beyond that and I don't even know what it is yet. But the, the reason is, is because when you hear someone say, I've dug into this, it's helping me. I wish I would have watched it before. My thought is, the more of these we can do and the better job we do of sharing them, the more people we're going to help both that are struggling and those to avoid the struggle in the, from the start. That really is, you know, that's the ultimate. Like if we can help people avoid going through some of these hard times and some of these issues, that's really like, that's the, that's the pinnacle. Um, it'll never be that way. So we're always going to be there to, to try to help folks that are struggling feeling a little bit stuck we're also going to help folks that are doing their homework ahead of time and and avoiding that stuck feeling i i'm in the same boat i wish i would have known then what i know now but that that can be said that's going to always be able to be said so that's it episode 101 thank you malcolm in northern ireland uh thank you everyone for listening um regardless I, i i i want to i think it's really interesting to hear youtube is where we see a lot of like the distance that we can reach. Um, and I mean, geographically, like there are, it's really cool to see and get messages from other countries. Um, of course I love getting, getting locals. I mean, it's really, it's, it's such a wide spectrum. I get, I got a message the other day from a guy who lives a couple miles from me who found us on YouTube and he went, I can't believe it. You're literally two exits off the highway down from me. And then I got a message from Malcolm from Northern Ireland. So, it's it's um it's one of the really nice things the positive things about the technology that that i i really like and so i appreciate that to the point of you know what are we trying to do with our podcast what are we trying to do with our youtube what are we trying to do with our instagram and our our social platforms um we're trying to share information, and one of the ways that you can help us with that is by helping us with by share by by sharing stuff to folks that you think it will help, by leaving us some reviews. Ben and I have a uh, on our bullet point of outlined of things we have to get done today. We're digging into our podcast. We're digging into the behind the scenes of our podcast, and one of the th- things that we're trying to uh, unlock the answers to is what is the best way for us to help grow it because the idea is help more people listen to episode 100 what can we do to give giving is these days there's plenty of people that need it and so if we have something to give let's give it to them and that's that's exactly why we're doing what we're doing so if you can help give share share this with somebody that you think it might help um and and that's all I can ask. So appreciate your support. We truly, it means more than you know. And then all of a sudden you get messages from Malcolm. And then you get, you know, I'm looking at here. There's a Malcolm, there's a Nicole, there's a Debbie, there's a Bryce, there's a Mitchell, there's a Christy, there's a Terry, there's a Courtney, there's a Dalton, there's a Brandon, there's a Dustin, there's a Tyler, there's a Matt, there's a Doug, there's another Matt, a Caleb, a Nicole, a Crystal, a Chelsea, a Cody, a Tyler, an Andrea, a Eric, a Travis, a Casey. And a Drew, and that was yesterday. So those were, that, and that was one platform. So now we have that on Instagram. We have uh, YouTube. We have, Ben's been helping me dig into some of the YouTube stuff. It's a lot for us. We do our best to try to keep up with it. But it's the reason I say it is, is because those are the names that are the reasons why we do it. It's 100% to try to help. Help anyone who needs it. So thank you guys for your support. We appreciate it more than you know.